0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to Little Gold Men, the award season podcast from Vanity Fair. I am delighted and proud to introduce him as Academy Award winner. And the Oscar goes to...
1: And the Oscar goes to... The winner, it's a
0: tie. And any little girl who's, who's practicing their speech on the telly, you never know... Mom, I just want an Oscar. I'm Kitty Rich. I'm here with David Canfield. Hi. And with Rebecca Ford. Hi. We'll be joined by Richard Lawson later. He is heading off to the Venice Film Festival for us later this week. But first, we have a stopover in the mountains. So, David and Rebecca, you guys are getting ready to head off to the mountains of Telluride. As usual, they have held their lineup a secret, basically, until the festival begins. Although, as I think we've hinted at a few times, we get a decent sense of what's coming um, just from other festival lineups alone. Um, So, you guys have known for a while that it's a pretty solid Telluride lineup this year. Um, As we record this, we don't know exactly when everything is premiering, but it's a compact festival. It happens over, what is it, four days now this year? They've expanded the lineup four days?
2: 4 days for full days
0: for full days um so maybe instead of going in chronological order of um what people should look out for reactions to um just maybe what's the like the heaviest hitter what is the the title you expect everyone to be talking about out of Telluride? ride
1: I think, well, you know, because David and I have been attending a bunch of screenings ahead of all the festivals this week. And when I'm standing around with other journalists, there's a lot of talk about Saltburn. I think there's a lot of curiosity about what that movie is, um, which you can read a little bit about in our first look, which is now on the site. (laughs) Um, But I think, you know, it's Emerald Fennell's follow up to Promising Young Woman. And I think she's so bold with tone. And it's, Rumored to have really great performances and, um, you know, be this gothic tale set in the mid 2000s about a young man at Oxford who's kind of an outsider and becomes obsessed with this really wealthy man who or wealthy student who invites him to his summer state for the summer. So I, I love those movies where it's like you're stuck at one location and it's this grand estate and all the characters are insane. And so I think there's a lot of promise for that film, but it could also as we've seen with her as a filmmaker, be sort of uncomfortable or shocking. And we, we don't know. So I think that's one that I, I feel like when I'm talking to other people, they're very curious about.
0: There's an image of Rosamund Pike in your first look that I, you know, as we record this, it hasn't been published yet, but I just feel like the Internet's going to explode, like all the Gone Girl uh, stands. (laughs) I don't know what this image is, and now I'm really like, what are you talking about? It is spectacular. Um, No, I think you're right, because Saltburn has this intrigue, too, because it's at Telluride and then none of the other fall festivals until London. Um, So it's kind of peeking its head over the wall and then going back under. And those of us who won't get to see it at Telluride are just going to have to keep wondering about it for even longer.
2: At at the risk of gloating, you know, we have.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think
2: we have been lucky enough to set the conversation a little bit with a few of these. Saltburn being one of them. Last week we had First Looks at Night and All of Us Strangers. uh, And I think we have been able to detect on social media and stuff, there's a lot of interest in those titles. Mm -hmm. Um, So I agree with Rebecca that Saltburn is, and that for me is sight unseen, so it's probably my most anticipated at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, you know, in in one way or another, movies like Nyad and All of Us Strangers will be making a lot of noise as well. I would also throw out The Holdovers, Mm -hmm. which we did Mm -hmm. not have a first look at. (laughs) Um, But that's a movie that we'd been hearing a lot about even last fall when it first started screening for buyers at TIFF. Um, It's Alexander Payne's first movie in quite some time. And it feels like a lot of the ingredients of that movie are, you know, make for the kind of recipe that has led to Oscar success for him in the past. Paul Giamatti, something a little bit more crowd-pleasy. Divine Joy Randolph in what I'm hearing is a really exciting supporting role. So that's a movie that, we really don't know anything about beyond the trailer that was released, which I think really indicated they're going for something a little bit more old fashioned, which is
0: interesting. And right down to the faux vintage focus features. Uh, and the voiceover. Logo. My God. Yeah, I mean, that's that right. was
2: transporting. Yeah. Um, so that, that's, that's a movie that I, I if it hits, I, I suspect it will be leading a long life this season. And it's definitely, from what we understand, Focus's biggest horse in the race this year.
0: Yeah, and that one for people who are kind of just figuring out what's where, it will be at Telluride and then also will be at Toronto. Um, I think that is one of a couple of Telluride titles going to Toronto, including also NIAID, um, that will be a little bit later in TIFF. Um, We'll get to TIFF next week, but just just a heads up for where to find it. Speaking of um, one horse in the race, I'm also
1: very curious about the Bike Riders, which is a Mm -hmm. Disney slash 20th film and we haven't heard a lot. I mean, I think we kind of know that, you know, Disney doesn't do as much uh rev up, I guess for festival or awards titles as other um studios, but you know, it's Jeff Nichols who I think is a, a really strong filmmaker. It has Tom Hardy and Austin Butler and Jodie Comer and Michael Shannon. I mean, the cast is super strong. Um it's like a 1960s motorcycle club movie. Um so that's right. <laughs> I'm really yeah, I'm 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 really curious that there's been it's been very quiet on that one, but you know, I love yeah. a I love a strong telluride surprise. So I
2: think that's definitely the biggest movie that as far as we know is only hitting Telluride. Like mm-hmm. All of the Strangers is going to New York. You mentioned Niaad and Holdover is going to TIFF, Saltburn is opening London. This is the only example of like a movie that is coming from a significant studio that is planning a big, you know, fall awards campaign rollout that is staking its claim exclusively in Telluride. And given how, you know, stacked the lineup is, I I do wonder how that's going to go for it. We didn't mention it in that, you know, first round of what people will be most excited for. Um, But I love Jeff Nichols. He's one of my favorite American filmmakers. And so it's been high on my list, but... I, I do worry about it getting a little bit lost in the shuffle and not having that moment after Telluride to maybe stand out a little bit more. What
0: well, makes you wonder if it's if it goes over really well at Telluride, if we see it start popping up in a lot of different places? Because, you know, once Toronto wraps up, you get all those regional festivals where, you know, a movie can play six film festivals in two weeks and then suddenly be everywhere. A great point. Um, all right. What else uh, now that the Telluride lineup is out there? I mean, Either good or bad or, you know, not passing judgment on them. Like, what's just going to get people talking?
2: Well, uh, A24 has a couple 2024 movies, from what I understand here. Janet Planet, uh, we have a first look up at that. That's from Pulitzer Prize winner Annie Baker. A24 has already released one very highly regarded uh, debut from a playwright in past live. So I think that there's the hope that this movie can resonate in a similar way. You know, without getting into anything about the movie, it's it's really specific and singular. And I think it will uh, make its own kind of mark. And the other is a movie I know absolutely nothing about. It's called Tuesday. I remember hearing about it even before we heard about Julie Louis Dreyfus leading You Hurt My Feelings. This was the first A24 movie she signed on to. So I think it's been in the can for quite some time. Um, but this indicates some level of excitement from A24 that they would roll it out here um, ahead of a 2024 20, drop. So that's another. Movie that, given that it is A twenty four and it has Julie Louis Dreyfus, will probably make some noise.
0: I'm gonna make a lot of corny jokes about Tuesday versus Wednesday. I'm just warning you all <laughs> <laughs> until I get to see this movie. Um I wanted to flag The Royal Hotel from Kitty Green, which I don't think any of us have seen or even like know anyone who has seen it. But she has been kind of one of those like filmmakers who's you know, people in the know are paying attention to. That movie will be at Toronto as well. So You know, I think the ideal as someone who goes to Toronto and not Telluride is that you get to Toronto, you're like, oh man, this went so well at Telluride. Everyone's lining up to go see it. And that feels like it could be a good breakout in that way.
1: Rustin also is doing Toronto, right? And I feel like Mm -hmm. Chris Murphy did a really great first look on that a a while back. And it seems like a really promising Coleman Domingo project, which I think we all get excited about. So I'm excited to see that one at Telluride, too.
2: Yeah, Netflix released a trailer this week, too, uh, that showcases what seems to be a really special performance. So I'm excited for that.
0: Yeah. Just generally thinking about Telluride, you guys have been a couple times. It's going to be a little different. The uh, actors and writer's strike is ongoing. But as I think we've said, Telluride is really director focused. They're doing a couple tributes for directors, including Yorgos Lanthimos. Rebecca, remind me who the other tributes are for. Um, there, there's going to be big events going on is what I'm getting at.
1: Yeah, those medallion awards they give out are are often, I feel like, signal, oh, we should be paying attention to this person for the rest of the season. Kate check got one was it last year too? Was that last year? Yeah. Tar was, <laughs> oh was just last year. <laughs> oh my out. God. Um, but you know, obviously this year they have to switch them all to filmmakers. Vim Vendors is getting which one which, um, you know, I feel like he deserves awards all the time. So I think mm. we're all, and he's got two projects um, around this year. So that's an interesting, uh, Yorgos feels like the one that, is notable because he's going to be coming from Venice, I assume, um, and making that journey Quickly. that is nearly <laughs> impossible. So that's a pretty significant um, of note, uh, you know, thing to see and, and poor things will be playing there after playing Venice. So they're, they're doing a an ambitious push with that one. So I, those are still worth paying attention to. But obviously, we have to remember they couldn't get actors uh, this year for those. Yeah, Yeah. David,
0: you wrote a story a year or two ago about like specifically people who have to travel from Venice to Telluride and back sometimes. (laughs) We don't often think of the airfare logistics behind these festivals, but that's a long trip.
2: I I vividly remember two years ago uh, when Rebecca and I were in Telluride with VF for the first time and Power of the Dog and Lost Daughter both won big awards in Venice and both filmmakers Jane Campion and Maggie Gyllenhaal were suddenly in Telluride like a day later. And you could just tell that they were absolutely on a high and absolutely exhausted at the same <laughs> time. <laughs> and I think that's a very unique experience for those who are lucky enough to have that kind of fall festival run. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the medallion situation this year is interesting because of the shift in dynamics. But also in both Alicia Racker and Vim Vendors, you have can holdovers. You have... La Chimera, which got great reviews out of Cannes, um, but I don't think any of us have seen it because it was one of the last premieres there and it it was kind of quiet, even though it was really well received. So the fact that it's doing Telluride in Toronto and has Josh O'Connor in the lead role um, probably indicates that Neon is, you know, hoping to get that one revved up a little bit. There are two likely strong contenders for the Italian submission for international feature. There's this and finally, Dawn uh, on the Telluride lineup. That movie's from Severio Costanzo, uh, who does My Brilliant Friend. And it stars Lily James and Joe Keery uh, and Villem Dafoe. But I have heard that it, is, it does qualify for Italian. So <laughs> even though both of the Italian submissions have leads who are American or British, I think they will both qualify. So we'll see which one they go with or another movie.
0: I'm trying to get ahead of the international feature submissions process just twists my head around so much. Like I always just give up. And I'm like, tell me in November what you're submitting so I can start. I feel from like there. David is the best at tracking that for
1: us because Whew, I yeah. also
0: am just like, what's up? Either yeah. wait till it's efficient or ask David. I think
2: that the studios, too, really, it's it can be stressful to game that out. You know, I'm yeah. sure Netflix was. Pretty bummed that El Conde was not selected by Chile um, for its submission. That's the Pablo Lorraine film, uh, which is premiering uh, at Venice in Telluride. And, you know, you don't have any control over it. You, you back a movie that you believe in. And a huge part of those movies' campaigns is whether or not they will have that part of it intact, because obviously that's almost always the most likely route to recognition, um, getting that interfe- international feature shortlisting and then nomination.
3: Wondry's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Ferrian and Ingrid Segeith, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young black artists. Binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame, *Millie Vanilli,
2: ad-free right now on Wondery+. Plus. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply.
0: Okay, now we're going to pivot to Venice, which kicks off the exact same time as Telluride. And uh, Richard, you're joining us now. You will be on your way to Venice very shortly as we record this. Um, How are you feeling? Are you you ready for your large uh, transatlantic trip?
3: Well, one nice thing, I've, I've read a lot of travel tips, is the day before you travel, you should be up in the middle of the night waiting on an Italian website that doesn't work <laughs> to book <laughs> tickets. Uh, Rick Steves recommends this. A lot of people recommend <laughs> this. Um, yeah, you know, um, like can Venice has adopted a – you have to pre-book screenings. Luckily, Venice, you don't have to do it every morning. There are just three or four select mornings to do it. And unfortunately, this morning was one. So I was waiting on a website from 4.30am till about 6.30ish to get tickets for um, various big ticket screenings. Um, But I got them eventually. Uh, So here I am. And yeah, I'm headed to the airport in a few hours.
0: So unlike Tire Ride, which we just talked about, and as we record, we don't have a set schedule for, we know roughly when things are showing up at Venice, you'll be at a lot of these big premieres. And looking at your schedule, it looks like Ferrari is the first kind of big ticket title on the list.
3: Yes. Those uh, following at home can expect Ferrari reviews sometime Thursday afternoonish East Coast time.
0: Very specific. Thank you. This is what yes, we need. Yes, you're
3: welcome. Yeah. Um, so there would have been a big movie uh, or, you know, a big English language movie, rather, coming your way earlier than that, except that Challengers pulled out. Obviously they moved an Italian film about, I think it's a true story about submarine rescue or, or ship rescue or something called El Comandante or Il Comandante um, into the opening night slot, which, you know, great for the Italians, but sure. <laughs> not as re- uh, germane to our, our subject on this podcast. Um, so yeah, Ferrari will be the first on Thursday, followed the next day by Yorgos Lanthimos's poor things.
0: And th- Forget, correct me if I'm wrong. As of this recording, we know that Ferrari has an interim agreement for the actors to attend Venice. Yes. But we don't actually know if they're going yet, right? We
2: do know that Adam Driver is going.
0: Okay. All right. Interesting. Yeah.
3: It seems that Adam Driver will be going. There are a few movies because Ferrari is, um, which is strange for a Michael Mann movie, it is independently produced. It is not attached to a studio that's being struck. Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, so... Um, yeah, and, and Neon will just k- kind of keep it, which is a big coup for them. I mean, that's, you know, um, I don't know if Michael Mann makes a Ford versus Ferrari style Oscar-y crowd pleaser. <laughs> I don't think that's really his bag. Um, but, um, you know, it's been a while since he's made a movie and, um, he loves room rooms and whatnot, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so don't we all be- love room rooms? <laughs> well, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I was once challenged on this very podcast by Tracy Letts while interviewing him about Ford versus Ferrari. He said, "Wait a second, you didn't like the movie." And I said, "What do you mean?" And he said, "You tweeted Ford versus Ferrari, room, room, z- like Z Z," and I was like, "Uh, wow, yeah." Um, he was, but
0: no, no lies detected, Richard. Tracy it's Letts, true. <laughs> you for what you Tracy are. Letts is.
3: Keeping his eye on that feed. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think a publicist told him, but, um, but yeah, no, I mean, we'll, we'll see about that one. It's obviously like with, with talent there that, um, with, with Adam Driver there that maybe ups the, the film's profile when it premieres, um, on Thursday evening, uh, Venice time. Cause there will just be that many more photos to, you know, out there on the internet, but, uh, we'll see.
0: Okay, we talked a little bit about Poor Things, which is premiering on September 1st. And also, um, Yorgos Lanthimos will have a tribute at Telluride. That's going to be busy. Um, Which brings us to September 2nd and a little movie called Maestro. You ready, Richard? I mean, Bradley Cooper's not going to be there, but I think the energy is probably going to be pretty intense.
3: I think the energy will be there regardless. You know, it's a Saturday night movie. Uh, That's a pretty big ticket slot for, for the festival, um, and I think they chose well. Um, Maestro, you know, Bradley Cooper had a star is born there five years ago. He's a big kind of romantic filmmaker. I mean, I'm judging on the one film at least, but Maestro yeah. seems to be, we talked about the trailer last week, it seems to be in a similar vein, swoony, classical, you know, kind of big thing. And um, that feels very right for Venice, especially for Saturday night. So yeah, people can expect those reviews to be rolling in. I'm going to guess around 2ish pm east coast time. Uh we'll see uh that might vary by an hour or two, but um yeah, I'm I'm really excited for that one. I think that it holds a lot of hope for this podcast like Oscar Wise, but also personally, I just I I Bernstein is a big a big deal for me as a theater fan. He went to, we went to the same high school. And uh, I just keep hearing little whispery things about um, not only the the movie itself, but Carrie Mulligan's performance. And I believe she gets first billing in the trailer, which is interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Rebecca, you learned a lot more about it talking to Jamie Bernstein, which I just love. That you know, with the actors and Bradley Cooper on strike, that Jamie Bernstein gets to be the voice of Maestro.
1: Yeah, she told me she'll be there in Venice, so people can talk to her there. But I, I it was really interesting. To have her talk about watching the film, you know, and seeing a version of herself and seeing her father and how she at first did not think Bradley Cooper looked or seemed like her father at all. But like in working with him, realized they actually have a lot in common. So um, she had a lot to say in our in our first look. But I I agree. I think that's going to be a big one for Venice.
3: I think they're lucky that the trailer was released. The nose controversy kind of blew through. I don't know if people really want to have another round of that discussion, at least from Venice. Right. I think oh, are... you're
0: underestimating bad Oscar season takes. It's never going to go away. <laughs> Maybe it'll be quite dumb for this.
2: It is wild that the movie st- hasn't even premiered. And I know is... we have gone through cycles of this
3: already. <laughs> I know, Katie. I wish you had more faith in our listeners. They will ignore <laughs> bad takes, Katie. They will our, only listen... our
0: listeners are the good Oscar takes, <laughs> and it's everyone else who's <laughs> bad yeah, ones.
3: Yeah. Um, no, you're right. There, there will be still chatter about that, but I hope that you know this seems to be a big lab- labor of love for Cooper. I-, I know that he is a lifelong Bernstein fan. And, you know, he's obviously gone to great pains to uh, perhaps ill-advised in terms of the prosthetics, but like, otherwise, like, he's really invested a lot in this. And I think that's the kind of like ardent, auteur thing we want to feel from um, a big American movie making its first foray into an Oscar campaign.
2: And just to re Rebecca's first look has really wonderful details on his connection to the material. So everyone should yeah. read it if they haven't.
0: Um, so speaking of Autori things, um, as we record this, there's a poster out for David Fincher's The Killer. I think it's David Fincher's birthday as we we're recording this. So uh, oh. uh, it's it's merely a poster, but I've been really intrigued by The Killer for a long time. It is another title. Light, let's see if I get this right. Like Ferrari, it's not going to any festivals besides Venice. I don't think, unless Ferrari's New closing York. New York. Closing New York. The killer is not going to any other festivals. No. Yeah, um, just Venice. So the
2: killer, the, the killer is their blonde of the season. It
0: seems.
3: <laughs> well, hey, it was great
0: for blonde. Okay.
3: <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. It did actually. It did. I was actually weirdly, maybe vainly rereading my like post-Venice Oscar predictions from last year. Ooh. I did pretty well. I gotta hey, say, good I, for you. I, My last little bit was like, maybe Anna Darmus gets a nomination, and she yeah, did. She sure um, did. The killer is more of an unknown, you know. We we, it's not as far as I can tell a Marilyn Monroe biopic. <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't, I know, I don't know. This
2: poster is convincing yeah. me it might be. Well, yeah, you know, he'd,
3: he'd be good. I think. Um, <laughs> Michael Fassbender, uh, the star of the movie, has been away for a while. Speaking of Room, Vroom, he's been racing cars <laughs> and hasn't really led a movie in a few years. So um, this will be interesting to see him back center stage. I don't know, if again, if it's like an actor Oscar play, um, but we can't count Fincher out because um, he's only grown in esteem. Uh, even though Mank was an oddity for some, it did get a lot of Oscar nominations.
0: Well he's just in that club, right? Where like I mean Michael Mann as well, maybe, where it's just like every single thing they do will be treated as an event until otherwise noted. Um I like yeah. I like having those guys.
3: I think Mann is more of a like everything he does will be treated as an event by like certain subsets of <laughs> film fans, you know. <laughs> um, the black check boys, for example. But um but no Fincher Fincher is more in the sort of like the lane, speaking of car racing, of like being due, you know. Um, and Mank was clearly an attempt, um, not necessarily by Fincher, that was a labor of love, again, it was personal, but I think the, the sort of marketing surrounding it was like, well, here's this director that you've always thought, like, could have won maybe 10 years ago for the social network. Here's him doing something, you know, like, better suited to the taste of the Academy, let's say. Um, and so this might not be that exactly, but maybe this is the one that's so it, it is incredibly him, at least how we kind of think about him and his work. Uh, Maybe this is the one that puts him over the edge. I don't know.
2: I'm intrigued by the fact that it's written by Andrew Kevin Walker, uh, who wrote
0: Seven
2: back in in the 90s. And I think it's their first collaboration since that movie and maybe his most notable screenplay (laughs) generally since that movie. Um, So that would also definitely speak to the tone of movie we're going for uh, in terms of Fincher. Getting back into a particular mode, yeah. I don't remember who
3: told me this or where I heard this whisper on the wind from, but I've heard it's very violent, um, which I'm not necessarily opposed to, depending on how the violence is sort of staged. But, um, but yeah, the seven connection would suggest David that like we're, this is not going to be um, a man deciphered, you know, talking in like mid-century mid-Atlantic <laughs> ring a ding looking. <laughs> it at might giraffes. be
0: in there. You never. Uh, someone you, might say nerds. You never know. <laughs> Um, It's funny that the killer is there at the same time as Richard Linklater's Hitman, um, which I guess is true to its title and about a hitman. I honestly don't know much about it, but that's an interesting double feature.
3: I don't know much about it either, but um, that title and Richard Linklater being together is really odd. Um, You know, we think of him as making either really appealing commercial comedies or his more experimental, be it filmed over many years or very rambling, no plot kind of thing. Like, um, Everybody Wants Some or Days Confused. So, so this hit me, and I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But uh, Glenn Powell, who is in Everybody Wants Some, uh, I think he's the lead of the movie, mm-hmm. um, which is exciting. He's had a great few years uh, between Top Gun Maverick uh, and now all the way to this Venice thing. So again, I don't think he'll be there. But, uh, you know, Linklater is not being pushed to the end of the festival. Um, his, his movie screens on Monday night when most of the journalists who were traveling out there will still be there. Um, so I'm really excited for that one.
2: Intriguingly does not have a distribution, given that yes. it has a pretty typical fall trajectory. It's hitting Venice and Toronto and has a big star, big director. So I would imagine that one will get scooped up.
1: Yeah, I think uh, our listeners should keep an eye out for a piece on it coming soon. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's based on a, a Texas Monthly article. And I think from what I understand, like, it's a real, like, character piece, you know, based on this real man who was a seemingly a hitman, but really working with the cops and, like, a really interesting character, which I could see Linklater really gravitating towards. Um, so, but I know there's a lot of people who have very high hopes
0: on that one. So I think people will be tuning in to see how how it turns out. Honestly, you saying Texas Monthly. Every time Linklater goes back to Texas, like, everybody wants some, and Bernie, like, now I'm intrigued.
1: Yeah, he, he, may, he may know, have gotten to know the guy, who, the real guy for this film, so... Uh, Intriguing you know. hints you're dropping. Yeah, <laughs> there's, some, there's some there's some news to come on that one.
3: And you mentioned Bernie, Katie. I thought that was a great true crime almost movie. Oh, from I him. loved
0: Bernie. Yeah, yeah,
3: that's a movie. great little underappreciated movie. I think so. That gives me uh, reason, even more reason to be excited. Um, and I'm wrong. The press screening is Monday night, but again, people following it at home. That'll be actually Tuesday afternoon, East Coast time, that you'll see reactions to Hitman. Monday is going to be occupied by Priscilla.
0: Hmm. Heard of her. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, read her book. <laughs> um, as you may have heard. Listen. Yes. Uh, so that's obviously another big one. That's very venice It's Sofia Coppola. It's, you know, maybe that's the blonde slot, <laughs> David, I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't think it's going to be quite as annihilating or, you know, violent or whatever uh, as blonde, because that's not really what Coppola does. And, and Priscilla, Presley's story is a bit different. Um, Very fraught, as we talked about on the book club. Um, So it'll be interesting to see what uh, Coppola does with that. With two actors who are in various stages of up and coming, uh, this is pretty big for both Jacob Elordi and Kelly Spenny.
0: Yeah, Jacob Elordi's fall. I mean, we talked about Saltburn earlier, about Telluride. Um, You know, he has a huge role in Saltburn and in this, and Euphoria will come back someday. But maybe older people like me will finally know who he is uh, after not watching (laughs) Euphoria. (laughs)
3: But between, you know, a sort of Alabama twang and the high posh British of Saltburn, we're still not really going to know where he's from,
0: <laughs> which is Australia, <laughs> I believe, right? Oh, yeah. That's what, that's what Australians do, though, is they master accents. So you never know what they're actually Yeah, from. when you're in
3: acting school, they're like, you're going to travel to faraway lands and speak in their <laughs> accents. <laughs>
0: One more big her title I want to throw out that I'm interested in is the um, new Rai Suke Hamaguchi movie, mm-hmm. um, Evil Does Not Exist, which is also going to Toronto. Is it going to Telluride also? No. No. Okay. So I'll see it in Toronto. Um, but yeah, it's his follow up to drive my car. And that's had some pretty high expectations for, for this filmmaker.
3: Yeah. Um, that's an exciting one. That'll be reviews for that will be out Monday as well. That's, like, top of the list for me personally, um, you know, because Drive My Car and uh, Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy was so were both so good in the same year. It's going to be interesting to see what his follow-up is. I don't know that he was necessarily vastly affected by that bizarre Drive My Car experience, winning all those awards in the United States. Well, hopefully, he's not trying to, like, one-up that. Um, my my hopes is that it's just another of his really well-observed, patient uh, studies of people.
0: Uh, Richard, anything else from Venice? You're going to basically hop a plane from Venice and come back to North America and jump directly into yeah. Toronto. So you'll be a little bit of a shell of a person by the time we see you at the end of there. But um, what else is going to make it worth the trip?
3: Well, if I'm not a shell of a person, what are we doing? You know, I mean, that's, that's kind of the goal. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really curious. William Freakin, you know, the recently late William Freakin has his last film, The Kane Mutiny Court Martial at Venice. Um, I'm going to check that out. Uh, Wes Anderson has a roll doll short, uh, Henry Sugar, that I'm interested in seeing. Uh, you guys mentioned the Pablo Lorraine. Um, yeah, but I think just in general, I'm really curious to see what the vibe of a striked, you know, a, a strike era Venice is. Um, yeah. you know, it's not an American festival. A lot of big American Oscar hopefuls do premiere there, and maybe that has shifted the profile of the festival in recent years. But um, you know, most of the journalists there are not American. Um, there's obviously an, an ardent interest in certain celebrities when they show up. I mean, I remember when Timothy Chalamet was there. Holy cow! Like just the screams everywhere on the Lido for all day, basically, because he was sort of <laughs> coming in and out of various press conferences and whatnot. And was that when it, these... with his
0: backless shirt, or is that uh, yeah, just on the red carpet? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: exactly. Whew, um, what a moment! And just all these Italian teens, and maybe other teens from elsewhere, uh, just shrieking <laughs> by the by the the boat dock. Um, You know that, so that won't really be happening this year. I mean, maybe Adam Driver does earn that. Jacob (laughs) Elordi's going. Jacob Elordi, that's Mm -hmm. a big deal. And you know, he had a movie at Cannes and was not at Cannes, and that was like a big thing of like, oh, we missed out on our big teen idol moment. So maybe that we'll get that. But, but I think with that celebrity aspect removed, we lose some of the glamour, some of the perhaps you know potential controversy, who spit on who. but maybe that means we can focus that much more on the movies. And it does feel like a really exciting lineup. You also will have, if you were craving controversy, you have a Roman Polanski movie, you have a Woody Allen movie, you have a Luc Besson movie. Um And who knows what those are going to be? Woody Allen's is his first in, the, in, in French. But uh there will be coverage of that uh, in various contexts, I'm sure.
2: And I believe Woody Allen is going. And I think Caleb Landry-Jones is going for the Besson movie. So we will yeah. have... We'll have representatives there for these controversial movies. And Caleb Landry
3: Jones, you know, he is a Cannes Best Actor winner. This is a mm-hmm. this is an international yeah. festival guy, you know. So um, he's always one to keep an eye on. Um, I don't know if he's yet in the sort of Oscar conversation as a as an actor, like profile wise, but um, he's definitely simmering. Maybe this will be the one that brings him into that that loop for good.
0: Well, guys, we will have a live blog chronicling all of this, both the reviews and the interviews. And I'm hoping all of your tidbits of gossip you guys hear in line for these various films. Sometimes that's the best part. So as you hear this, that live blog is going live on VF.com. It will continue over until Toronto. We will, of course, talk more about Toronto next week um, as I gear up to go there along with a few of you guys. So people are going to have so much to read. Uh, If you're American, it's long Labor Day weekend. What else will you do except furiously scroll through social media accounts to see what we all say about these festival movies? Um, If you can't be there in person, you may as well read about it. That does it for us this week. Uh, catch up with us all throughout this weekend covering the Venice and Telluride Film Festivals. We are on VF.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram at VF Awards Insider. And on our own, I'm on Twitter at Katie Rich and Richard. Brylos. And David. David Canfield 97. And Rebecca. Rebecca M. Floyd. Our editor and producer is Brett Fuchs. And this week's award for the best impression of us trying to make Oscar predictions based on tweets from film festivals goes to David Canfield.
2: This poster is convincing me.
1: The Run
3: for Revogue is where you'll meet all the most exciting people in fashion and culture. I am Fran Lebowitz, Um, who should be the mayor of New York.
1: We all support yeah. that. We support that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Nikki. Yes. It's been
1: really great Cheer being my, in this beautiful pink room.
0: All
1: right, Asha, can you hear us?
3: I can hear you. All right. Can you hear me?
1: We can. We can. All right, here we are.
0: <laughs> On the podcast, you'll learn how Vogue really works. Sometimes we'll come in for a second or even third run-through until we are AWOC. Can you tell us what AWOK means? It means um A-W-O-K, Anna Winter OK. I'm Cho And
1: I'm Chloe Mel. And we're the hosts of the Run Through of Vogue, where fashion and culture collide. Join us, it's a walk. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.